Hello, Do That Well listeners. This is Brenda. Today, we are going to be playing an episode from our archives, our episode about perceptions. This is actually one of my personal favorite episodes that we've done to date because I find that there's a moment in almost every single day of my life where I can stop myself and reframe what I am thinking of if I think about perception and how much this can change our attitude and the way we view things. You're listening to Do That Well with your hosts, Brenda Brown and Karen Thrall, a podcast about real experiences and how to turn them into life lessons. Unscripted, honest, funny, genuine, and passionate. A series of conversations where we explore every aspect of human interaction and provoke each other to do life well. Today on Do That Well, we're going to talk about the idea of perceptions. So in the past, we've talked about perspective, we've talked about worldview, we've talked about being open and willing to change your mind when you receive new information, but we haven't really spent any time on looking at perception of ourselves and our own reality. And uh, Karen had this great idea, she brought it to me. And you had all these different uh, examples of different negative perceptions that we can have of ourselves and places that we can get stuck in. So today we wanted to share those with you all and go over some of these perceptions that we can hold about ourselves. And, and I think our goal, my goal, I can speak for myself, is, is I want to be able to challenge all of you so that... Moving forward, after you hear this episode, when you find yourself in one of these places, so you find yourself in one of these negative perspective places, can you take a, a step back and realize, okay, this might just be my perception, and this might not actually be the way that others are viewing this situation, this might not actually be true to what even happened, but it's definitely a place that I'm staying in right now. So um, so without further ado, I think we're just going to jump right in and yeah. talk about some of these these common ways that we can get stuck in our self-perception. Mm, so good. And, and if you think of examples, um, common examples that you hear, like let's say you were little and you panicked in the water, you were swimming in an ocean or a lake and you panicked and your a family member or friend pulled you out of the water. If you got stuck there, your perception is I can't swim. If I swim in a lake, I will drown. It's going to change your relationship with lakes. <laughs> and you might decide to never swim in a lake again. And the whole thing of a perception is because it happened once does not make it reality for the rest of my life. It, it becomes, it's, 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 it is its own story. It's one story. And sometimes we get stuck. And we do that with our perceptions of ourselves. So maybe when, and a lot of times it does happen in your childhood as well. So we're going to go through each of these perceptions. Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. So I'll start and then we'll kind of tag team these, Brenda. So, and, and one of the perceptions, it's called all or nothing thinking. And it's where your performance falls short of perfection. So it's, it's all or nothing. And let's say you didn't get picked for a team. That's it. I'm never going to try out for a team again. Let's say you put yourself out there and you sang a song on stage, but you missed a couple of notes. That's it. I'm never doing it again. And a thing to ask yourself is where are you stuck? Think through your life and your memory where you might've done that. 
if, if you've ever done that, that this all or nothing thinking, this perception that I can't do this, I'm a failure, so I'm never going to try it again. I'm not going to put myself out there like that. If, if a memory comes into your mind, that's a perception that you go and you challenge. Is this true still today or was that just a one-time occurrence? And what I really am enjoying, and it's already coming out of this conversation, is this idea of, as you're saying here, like if something happens once or if there's one facet of a circumstance that doesn't need to define you, yes. that's, that's like something that I think about in my life and other aspects of my life. For example, I work in retail and I work in the beauty industry, but that doesn't define who I am. Like that's one mm -hmm. facet of my personality. It's one facet of my reality but I'm, it, it doesn't define my entire sense of being. Mm -hmm. And so I think that same idea applies when we look at some of these perceptions. Like if there's a one-time occurrence that doesn't need to then define your entire exactly. existence. Exactly. Which I'm going to go, I'll go into the next one, then I'll pass it, which you, you segued really well into. The second one is labeling and mislabeling, where it's an extreme form of overgeneralization. So, and I love this example of Brenda, because it could be as simple as my first job was in retail, therefore I can only do retail. And we get so, we that's all I'm good at is retail. And we forget to explore who we are, to explore that that was a chapter in my life, but that doesn't define my whole life. And so we do these mislabelings, another way of or label, labeling and mislabeling. And it's putting these um so another one would be like name calling. So you mislabel yourself. Oh, I'm such an idiot. And you think, well, I was upset. It was no big deal, but it's a mislabel. And when we mislabel, we have a perception of ourselves and we throw out these words. I'll always be in retail. I'm an idiot. I can't, you know, I'm terrible. I'm a terrible runner or I'm a terrible cook. And we just mislabel ourselves and it completely alters our path. If you say I'm a terrible cook, then guess what? You'll never cook. And and then guess what? Also, you won't have people over make a homemade meal. You'll order out. So you're altering your reality because of one time I I burnt my my uh, grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> you know? Definitely. Oh, this is okay. This is a really fun topic. I'm, I'm like, I already, my mind is spinning with all of the different ways in which like we could discuss this, but I, I'm sensitive to the fact that we only have 30 minutes. So I'm going to keep <laughs> talking about the different perceptions that we can, we can find ourselves in. Uh, so another one is the idea of overgeneralization. Um, so a simple negative event that has this never ending pattern of defeat. You know, if you hear yourself saying things like this always happens to me every time I always have this happen. I always, you know, I, I always am late or I always drop my pen right before I enter the room. I don't know. That's a really silly example, <laughs> but you get where I'm going with this. Um, and again, it's, it's this idea, right? That if you are overgeneralizing, I know when we were prepping for this episode, Karen, one of the things that you said is it can almost become this like self-fulfilling self prophecy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you'll hear the term like manifest it. And we usually yeah. talk about that to manifest good things. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we, can, we can find ourselves in these cyclical patterns where we're manifesting bad things as well. Mm -hmm. So if you mm -hmm. have this idea that something's always going to happen to you, then you might subconsciously even put yourselves in in a position where 
the negative thing will happen again because mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. have the perception that that is your reality. And you can go on everything. Like, uh, I can't tell a joke, so I'm not going to. Well, maybe once you couldn't tell the joke, but that doesn't mean you can't tell jokes. Like in social settings, well, you know, I, I, I just freeze in social settings. Okay, how many times is that? Every day you freeze in a social setting? Well, no. When do you freeze in a social setting? Like it's those mislabelings and overgeneralizations where this always happens to me. This is just who I am, but it isn't who you are. It, it isn't who you are because it only maybe happened three times, mm-hmm. or maybe twelve times. But it, it's not fair to overgeneralize yourself. You know? So yeah. Uh, so another perception that we can get stuck in is this idea of the fortune teller or fortune telling. So you'll feel convinced that your prediction is already like an established fact. So we're going to be late. Well, you're not late yet. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're you just saying you're going to be late, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you'll feel so convinced by it that all of that negative connotation or negative emotion that would come along with if you actually were late would, mm-hmm. would already start sinking in because wow. you've decided already, like, yeah. I'm going to be late. Um, so I think this one, it can lead to you feeling like really defeated or really having like negative emotion before anything has even happened. That one is, I will say, I definitely have done this before in my life. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I've done um, them all. I've done all of them, honestly. Yeah, me too. We probably all found ourselves here at some point. But this one specifically, uh, I think, can be really difficult to uh, understand or it can be really difficult to catch, I should say, when it's happening to you um, because it's about something that hasn't happened yet. So you might, I think it can be a little more difficult to understand that you're sitting in this place of an, an altered perception because it's all just living in your head at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you said that, that got me thinking, um, using, I'm going to tag that late thing, and you start to live, your your emotions and your anxiety kick in as though you truly are late. And I, I just realized, and then it's a, it's a domino effect. You're honking the horn, you're tailgating, you're yelling at the drivers, I'm going to be late, get out of my way, you're making me late. And your whole world now is about being late and you spilled something on your shirt because you were late and you tripped and then you, you dropped the keys and you're just like, ah, like, and but you've, you've actually altered because of a perception I'm late. And, and, and also the perception that because I'm late, I, they will be upset. And you know, this fortune teller, thing where now now it's a fortune teller error i'm late they're gonna be mad at me and you're just building an entire world with zero proof and we can do this over and over again we could do it in um which i'll I'll even say to the other one the mental filter is another one the mental filter is you convince yourself you dwell on this thought over and over and over again and that is so let's say i they're not going to invite me for lunch they never invite me for lunch. And so you're forecasting future telling. They don't want me there because they don't like me. And you're you're doing all these mental filters and then you're fixated on it. Why don't they like me? I can't believe they don't like me. It's so mean. Look at them over there. And you create a whole world without zero proof whether or not they like you or not. So that I liked what you said because it's true. Like it actually everything around you starts to shift. 
it's not just a thought. It really alters the energy, the environment, how you respond, being despondent, you know, so that, that was good, Brenda. And I think what I like about what you just said as well, Karen, is that you can start to see how it can start to negatively impact the people around you as well. Like, I think sometimes if you get stuck in this place, it, it does start to leave yourself. And today we're really focusing on the ways that it impacts you, but yeah, I think it yeah. is important to to remember that that it can start to impact others as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why import, it's that's why it's important that we catch it when it's yeah, yeah. Up, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so another one is mind reading. So it's when you start to conclude that somebody is reacting to you negatively. Uh, but you don't necessarily follow up and check that that's actually true. Uh, so an example would be like, I don't know if maybe Karen, you looked at me in a way it, during one of our recordings and perhaps you weren't even making that face at me. Maybe something else happened in the room behind you that I'm not privy to. And now I start getting this narrative in my mind of like, oh, Karen gave me a funny look last week when we we're recording our podcast. Like she's upset with me. She's angry with me. I just know that she's so upset. She doesn't even want to talk to me right now. Mm-hmm. And like, but then I wouldn't follow up. I wouldn't ask mm-hmm. you. I'm just sitting over here thinking that you hate me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And we build like we do backup narratives to prove us to prove that right, you know. Like, uh, oh, I know they're upset with me because I saw them be upset with the other person. That was the exact same look they gave them, so I know I'm right. Like, we, we mind read, and I know what you're thinking, I know what you're feeling, and I'm my perception is right, and. And, and we feed off that adrenaline, you know, it's a little bit addicting. Perceptions can be a bit addicting because it, it creates an adrenaline. It creates a fight, flight, freeze. It creates this energy. So, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What I think is really funny or humorous, I suppose, about that particular one, the mind reading, is, you know, you, <laughs> you're um, – you're convinced of somebody else's behavior, right? You're in this mindset where you're like, I know that they're upset with me because I am so good at like reading Karen or, you know, I'm so good at understanding. But it's really funny because we're not actually even being aware of ourselves in that moment. Like we're not even reading our own thoughts and emotions very well. So it's it's actually humorous to me that we then convince ourselves that not only are we sure of our own you know, stance, but we're sure of someone else's as well. It, it would just, I just find yeah. that silly. Yeah. <laughs> and it is true because when you're perceiving how someone else is behaving, you you don't know, you can't see what you're doing. You know, you can't see, like, are you, like, glaring over at them because you're, you, know, you don't know what you're doing, you know, so it's true. Um, okay, so another one is jumping to conclusions. And this is where it, there's a few things like, well, you know what this means, don't you? Like you're, you're con- you've made a conclusion. Well, that's it. You know, they're going to break up with me, you know, or, you know, oh, I saw that coming. That, that's going to, you know, whatever. Let's say it's in relations. Well, that's not going to last long. You know, you're jumping to these conclusions and you're not giving maybe a couple of chance to really work those things out yourself or um, or you're afraid you're going to get fired, or you think someone else is going to get fired, or you're going to get the promotion, or you're not going to get the promotion, whatever it is, and um, they're not going to like it, you know. Or sometimes too, it's a jumping to conclusions could be, oh, it's, it was too good to be true. This is way too good to be true. This can't. This isn't going to happen. And 
instead of just letting it be what it is, we start to assume an ultimate doom or, and maybe the other way too, where you jump to conclusions thinking you're going to win. Oh, I, I've got this one. I'm going to win. This is mine. And then you don't, you know, so it's, you're altering, you keep altering your, your reality. Mm-hmm. When you just said that, uh, you know, the idea of when you would do it the other way, where you, perhaps you're convinced that you did get the job or something, the phrase garnering expectations comes to mind. And I'm sure that's probably something I've even brought to the table before in one of our previous episodes. But I, I think with all of these, this idea of garnering your expectations or not having expectations I think can come into play when we're trying to combat some of this um, perception that we have of ourselves. Like what happens if you start to shed some expectations that you might have on yourself or of others and can that, does that change your perception at all? Mm. I don't know. Just a thought. Just a so thought. good. Cause also like when you say that perceptions, the ones we're talking about is deconstructing our lens. Like, is this a healthy lens on how you view life? Is this getting you anywhere? Is this helping you? And I think with anxiety or fears or I'm not good enough or I'm failing or I'm, you know, I'll never have a chance or these fears or I'll never have friends. I won't be loved. I, whatever those fears are, perceptions feed feed the fear because they confirm our fear. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, we got to be careful with how we perceive it. Well, let me, there's, I, I, we'll, we'll stop there for now. But the other ones, there's, an, there's one that's emotional reasoning. There's another one called personalization. There's another one that where you disqualify the positive. Um, and then there's should statements. And those are those musts and shoulds you have to. So that's one as well. So these are all these, we put this pressure that we should, should statements, must, have to. Um, everybody is, and so you will too kind of thing. So there's a bunch of, there's a whole bunch of here, but the point is, point is, how is your lens? And ask yourself, why do I believe this? And how, how often has this happened for me to believe this so strongly? If you can't come up with like a dozen proof, you know, then it might be just your fear. And then you might be engaging with fear and the fear of they're not going to invite me for lunch because I'm afraid they don't like me. Mm-hmm. Instead, they're not inviting me for lunch because they don't like me. And when you go, oh, I'm afraid of this, I'm actually afraid, then you can go talk to somebody, go, oh, you know what, I'm afraid that my colleagues don't like me. And you can talk it out. So when you challenge your perception, you're asking better questions instead of assuming these doom and gloom or these really negative mm-hmm. and calling it real, say, no, I know, I know, I can sense it, I feel it in my gut. Oh. Right. Well, it's about being curious, right? It's kind of what I hear you saying, like, once you start to understand, or if you catch yourself in one of these places, then you can start to ask yourself these questions, as you said, like better questions. And I think it is, it's about being curious about where your behavior is coming from, because to take it even further from what you just said, you know, does it also then become, well, I fear, I, I realize that it's about a fear of me thinking my colleagues don't like me. And then can you continue to be curious about that and then ask yourself the next question of, does it matter if my colleagues like me? 
why do I want that validation from my colleagues? Like there's so much more that's going on that we can uncover if we allow ourselves to be curious and, and, and continue questioning like where these thoughts, intrusive thoughts really are coming from. That's great, Brenda. And I think to the the confidence, um, you know, that thing, um, there is a lot of ego and a little ego, no ego, too much ego, but just a healthy amount of ego where you're just self-assured, you're self-confident, you're, you've got a calmness and going, I like what you said, like, does it even matter? When you get to like, does this, why does this matter so much? Like what's really going on here? And, and let's, we'll go on that, going out for lunch with the team members. What, what if it didn't matter? And there's all these beautiful people around you that you never even notice because we you get so fixated on, I'm not part of that group. Mm-hmm. But what if you go in and create your own group? So there's all that as well. You know, once you start, your lens opens up, the more you're self-assured, the more you see around you. It's not so, it's, it's not so, the cloud lifts, you know. Right. And I, I do think that is like a nice visual, <laughs> the cloud lifting, right? Because mm-hmm. it is, it's like a fog that, I think you start to look through it's uh, I know you keep using the word lens and I, for me, I get this visual of like, it's like you're looking through uh, Coke bottles or something. Right. So you can only see what's directly in front of you, but I'm not seeing any of this other mm-hmm. stuff out here. Like I'm losing so much view of what's going on in the reality around me mm-hmm. because I've put on a lens of one of these perceptions. And so I'm only allowing myself to see it through one way. So there's also this like idea. And and like, that's why I said, I really like your visual of this fog lifting because it is, it's like you're taking off the glasses and you're allowing yourself to see like the full spectrum of everything that's happening. And I think it could also lead to some really enriching experiences um, Mm -hmm. because you're not, you're not limiting yourself. Yeah. Yeah, um, that triggered a thought for me. So I used to be really afraid of heights. Um, like I, I just couldn't. I remember being in the St. Louis Arch in Missouri, and I just stayed in the middle. I, f- I felt claustrophobic going up their little their little elevators that looked like the inside of a dryer. <laughs> and so I, I had to get out and then get some fresh air. It seemed so stuffy. And then I went in. And I went to the top, and I was only. 20s 22 or 20 and then I was standing in the middle and I I just wanted to get back down I just the, the swaying of the St. Louis arch and I I couldn't people were leaning on it and looking out the windows and I couldn't do it and that that fear was very real but I didn't want to be afraid of heights and so I would I remember doing Lynn Valley Canyon, which is in uh, Vancouver, and it's a suspension bridge. And I went, no, I'm doing this. I'm, I don't want to have this fear of heights. And I slowly and surely, and then I went rock climbing. And then I did, you know, the, the uh, I've done like the lines, you know, with the ropes, high ropes courses. And, and I, I would force myself to do these things because I did not want that one experience to completely paralyze me for the rest of my life on, on going in high places. So when I go rock climbing or mountain climbing and being in those high, beautiful, would I have done that? Would I have taken these beautiful hikes up, 
up the top of a mountain and just look over the vastness of this planet. You know, if, if I didn't make it my, I mean, effort to overcome a fear because I had a perception of myself. So that would be like an example of sometimes we have these negative perceptions that we don't challenge Mm -hmm. and it's okay to challenge it and, and be with people that you feel safe to start believing in yourself more. Mm -hmm. And thank you for sharing that story, Karen, because I, I think it is a nice reminder and it wouldn't be a true do that well episode if I didn't acknowledge this, that, you know, a lot of these things we're talking about and we're just saying like, can you catch yourself in the moment? Can you ask yourself different questions? Can you see if you can catch yourself in the perception and change? But it isn't always that easy, right? And I think that I really appreciate that you just shared that story because it's showing that you had to make an effort. You had to make a choice that you wanted to overcome this fear. And then you had several different occasions in which you had to choose to continue to push against this fear so that you could become more at peace with it. And I don't know if you would say you've considered that you've overcome it or not, but... Um, I'm better. <laughs> I, I can I can do things, but I'm not. Like I'm still have that jittered me. You know, I still get that feeling, adrenaline feeling in my in my right. stomach. But I'll still do it. But it's like, whoa. It's probably healthy. It's probably healthy to have yeah. a small amount of fear of heights. Um, but but I I do think that that is worth putting out there. Uh, that a lot of these topics that we like to tackle, like they're big topics and it's, it's not, it's not one and done. It's not just, Oh, now you have these different models that you can be stuck in for perception. And if you catch yourself in one, all you have to do is say, Oh, this is a perception. This isn't real. And like, everything's honky dory. Like Mm -hmm. it's not that easy. It does take time. It does take effort. It takes a lot of self-reflection. Sometimes it takes reaching out to other people and getting outside help. Um, So I, I, I just, I do think that it's it wouldn't be a true do that well if I didn't mm-hmm. mention that it takes work. <laughs> it does. It really does. But when this first came to me in the early 2000s and I learned of it, I was like, whoa, like, I, I do this. I try to fortune tell and read your mind and overgeneralize and all or nothing and we'll forget it then. You know, like, I've done it all. Right. And, I, it, and it's a perception. And it alters my reality. I make I I have silly decisions based on the on this perception, you know, and I'm disqualifying the positive and the should statements and blah blah blah. Yeah. Oh yeah, the woulda coulda shoulda. I yeah. am notorious for doing that. Like, I actually say to myself often, like, no, like stop woulda coulda shoulda-ing. Like, it's all woulda coulda shoulda, but that's not it's not real, you know. <laughs> mm. Uh, so I. I can commiserate with you, Karen. I definitely know that I have found myself, I've done all of these in different mm-hmm. aspects and uh, for different reasons. And uh, we don't, we don't need to dive into that today, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I do think that these are experiences that are pretty shared. I think that most people um, have, have been there and have experienced this and, And I do think, uh, you know, as well, that it can be nice to talk to people about these sorts of things. It can be nice to hear other people's stories because then you do remember that you're not alone, that, you know, you don't have to pathologize it. Like it's not something that, to go back to what I was saying at the very beginning of the episode, if you catch yourself in a perception, it it doesn't define you, right? Mm -hmm. It's not, well, now I'm Brenda and 
I just never know my own reality because I'm always throwing perceptions <laughs> onto things. You know, like, like it doesn't have to define you. It can just be something yeah. that is a part of your life. It's something that you move through, that you give some thought to, you feel, you sit with, all of the all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't mean that you have to get stuck here. Yeah. And, and I think that for me, that is a very important thing to remember in all of this. Like mm. that particular point is for me like very huge. Just this idea of we don't need to get stuck in this perception. Like mm-hmm. it's about recognizing it and then it's about trying to find ways with effort and with time. And But it's, it's about learning how to move through it. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's my, I kind of jumped ahead there, but that's my key takeaway today. It's great. It's great. It's so great. 30 minutes. That's all we have. (laughs) Well, thank you, Karen, for bringing this topic uh, to the table today. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I could keep talking about this for hours and hours and hours, Um, but as we've as we've identified several times now, we only have 30 minutes. So we're going to cut ourselves off there. <laughs> yeah. But thank you all for listening. And we'll be here next week with a new topic on Do That Well. Bye.